I mean, it's your podcast, so I, I think I could say this without <laughs> oh, yeah. offending somebody. Like, we try to soft pedal it, not to hurt anybody else's feelings, but it was the most fun we've had at a barrel pick. Wow. Did you hear that, Kyle? I, I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you should make sure Mick hears that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I think uh, it was just fun hanging out. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't want to hang out and just drink bourbon like most of the day and yeah. pick yeah, I mean, and it was it was killer. And you brought a great group of people with there you. There was. That, I mean, I was going to say that too. Oh, yeah. Hour presented by the Holiday Distillery in Weston, Missouri. I'm Jordan, and I've got the pod squad today, and then a very special guest. Um, but it's happy hour after all. So, first things first, what are we drinking, Brendan? So, today we are doing a spin on our Smashing Bananas cocktail. So, it is two ounces of Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon, three quarter ounce lemon juice, three quarter ounce honey cinnamon syrup, half ounce creme de banana. And then a little allspice dram in there, and it's garnished with uh, orange peel expressed over top. Quite fancy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no dried fruit in here to upset Kyle. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> no cavities in your no food. Cavities. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is outstanding. I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, just banana, like natural banana mm-hmm. flavor in a cocktail. This is killer. Yeah, and the allspice, like, because normally we don't have the allspice dram in there, but that and with the orange peel on top, it just adds a little bit more flavor depth to it. And just kind of mix it up. Well, that's a, that's a winner in a big way. It is a winner. Is that on our menu? The Smashing Bananas is, but it doesn't have like the allspice dram in it. So it's more a little bit more banana forward. I just need to know what to ask for when I go up there. Yeah, so just like, say the like Smashing this. Bananas with just a like quarter ounce allspice dram. I'm going to say put the Brendan on it. Yeah. 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 They'll know what to do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 So are you serving this because our guest today is a little bananas on some <laughs> of his videos? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Kyle. I see what you I did know. there. Oh, it's terrible. Good, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good one, Kyle. Well, um, I guess that leads us to it is time to I'll, bring in our I'll guest stick to here. Distilling. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll be here all day. Um, so today joining us, we have TJ Gamble, aka Bruzel. And this is actually the first time that we've been able to connect with somebody that wasn't on the couch with us. So this is this is a big, big deal here. TJ, we're excited you called in to be with us for happy hour and if you don't know Bruzel, you need to get to know Bruzel because he's hilarious. Um, he's a content creator, an entrepreneur, e-commerce professional, and what I would call a bourbon hunter extraordinaire. <laughs> so we will talk more about that. But TJ, welcome to Holiday Happy Hour. Well, I appreciate you having me. I wished I was on the couch and the mixed drink sounds fantastic, but I'll I'll stick to my bourbon, even though... This bottle right here is when y'all sent me just to rub it in. This is the barrel <laughs> pick that we passed on. Yep. This was the bottle that every all, all the employees like the best. We chose a different one. So now I just get to kind of, you know, waller in my pity here. So was that all the employees on our side? Because I wasn't here. I'm the only one here that didn't get to meet you when you visited recently. So you're going to have to fill me in on all the fun. What they invited happen? everybody but you. Apparently, uh, apparently yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could have had you here for the pod, but I don't know. I guess they were partying without me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Meriwether Lewis. So anyone that's been up here or our latest uh, Ben Holiday barrel selection for the distillery is one that we had jokingly said it was going to be called Jill's Fault. Uh, that was one that, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, it's been a minute, but it, you know the proof queen was trying to guess the highest proof of each, and, and TJ and the team went with one, but this was our favorite. And I think it was yeah. also higher proof, right? It, it, ours was not. It wasn't. No. Okay. Uh, but it was also, uh, it, it kind of, things went south quick and, and people started putting money uh, on her guessing <laughs> her favorite, I think. Uh, that was awesome. And then, yeah, she, she did not guess the favorite and she did not get the money. She still got all the money, though. That's she right. got the money. The Everybody That's still right. gave her the money. It was, it was a weird situation. I like the way y'all bet. Like, you're winning either way. I mean, we won either way because we got a good bottle, although I don't have them yet. We're still waiting on them. But if it's as good as this one, um, I don't. The problem is, is when you do these barrel picks, you just don't know, because y'all are serving as cocktails. Then we did the weeder first, and then we did this one. So we had been through a lot of alcohol. Your palate's a little desensitized. This one has a lot of complexity going on. Um, I'm not sure ours does or not, but if it's close to that, I'm going to be ecstatic. Well, thankfully, Kyle never puts anything out there that uh, we wouldn't be very proud of. I think you had a a hell of a selection on on holiday soft red and on Ben holiday. But yeah, I was, I was curious to see your thoughts on that one because uh, that bottle in particular to me, after we bottled it, the amount of extra, just kind of rich flavor that popped up compared to what I remember it even being, I was, I was blown away. Yeah. It's better in the bottle for sure. And again, it could just been the environment, you know, comparing it, but just sitting there sipping on that one, man, that is just a beautifully constructed bourbon. I don't know if it gets better than that. That's Kyle. Y'all have to get a bottle. Y'all have to get a bottle. I'm not a tasting notes kind of guy. Like I get a little, I mean, it's obviously caramel, just a, just a slight graham cracker flavor to it. To me, like it is, it is just a beautiful, beautiful, well-rounded bourbon. No, we've seen your tasting notes videos. We don't want to do any of that. Yep. I I love those. Those are are pretty amazing. I can't wait to talk about that. Somebody else gives me the notes. I'll blend them together. (laughs) That's perfect. Well, with that being said, let's kind of start from the beginning. So let's talk about where you're from and how did you get into bourbon? Mm. I am from a small town in the middle of nowhere, a little, little town of about 200 people in Alabama called Daviston. Uh, and then I moved here where I, where I live currently is Opelika, Alabama, and we're strategically located in the middle of nowhere. Um, two hours from the beach, two hours from the mountains, two hours from the Atlanta airport. So it's it's not as remote as it may seem, but at the same time, town, you know, cities about the whole metro area, about 100,000 people or so. I'm not a I'm not a big city guy. So I, I enjoy kind of this small town, southern um, living and what got me into bourbon. Um, well, we we were doing I did content for my day job, an e-commerce agency for quite some time. We were doing a lot of live streams. At that point, I was a Jack and Coke guy, a little beer. We were really starting to get into more craft beers. We were doing these live streams where we would just sit down and drink beer and have guests on, a lot like what we're doing here, um, you know, except, except live instead of podcast format. Uh, and my wife's like, you know, you probably need to be cutting back on the carbs, man. Uh, so it, did, it didn't work. Like looking back, it didn't help me any. But I switched to bourbon because it was lower in carbs than the beers I was drinking. And 
it just got out of hand from there. Like it was just a slippery slope right into what I have now. Wow. It kind of hooks you. I feel like once you start to dabble in bourbon, it's like, okay, I get it now. So that's, that's awesome. I love that. So beer before, so before you got into bourbon, what was your beer of choice? Were you like a light beer guy or a craft beer guy? Any beer guy? No, I was, I was mostly drinking. Like if I'm just, if it's a football game, football games coming on Saturday, give me a Coors banquet. We, for a dollar, we could buy the aluminum 16 ounce uh, <laughs> yep. cans from, from Kroger. Love those. But if I'm going to sit down have a live, you know, on a live stream, have a beer, I want something with a little more flavor. And so I was always already kind of going down that path of trying to, you know, taste things a little heavier. So brown ales, you know, maybe some Belgian triples, just stuff with a little more substance to it. Okay. Yeah. That seems kind of like a good segue into bourbon. So that makes sense. So you start drinking bourbon and where did Bruzel come in with all of this? Was that, or I guess, was that kind of part of the beer shifting into bourbon, which became your next endeavor? Yeah. I don't want to say 12, 14 years ago, I had an employee right when craft beer was off. He had this idea to do a, a website that was like a beer recommendation algorithm. So we were working on that. And, the, and then it was, um, Bruzel was the brand. So we, we had the brand, had the domain name, designed the logo, did the whole thing, started working on this website. And right about that time, smartphones came out and everything was an app. And then, you know, Untapped and several of these great beer apps came out. And we were just way behind with no resources. So we're like, let's just scrap that. So I'm sitting on the domain, as I do. I don't know if y'all are like this. Every time I have an idea for a business, I go register the domain. I sit on it for a decade. And then sometimes <laughs> I let them go if I decide I'm never going to do it. Uh, I was sitting on this one, had the logo. When we started creating content, um, we were doing stuff for the e-commerce agency. We had done a really big push, like a really highly produced, big series and it had not as it had not done as well for us as we had anticipated. Like it did okay uh, for like a corporate marketing stunt, but it did not get the views that we had hoped organically. And I had dabbled a little bit on TikTok, just doing some basic, you know, just bottle shots and playing around and and got some views. So I told the team, let's do something. A lot of our a lot of our clients are in enthusiast-driven industries, automotive outdoor lifestyle, things like that. We do have some some bourbon clients. And so let's do something in an enthusiast-driven industry. At that point, I had, you know, 20 or 30 bottles of bourbon uh, from, from the live stream. So I was like, let's, let's pick this up. Let's see if we could do some, maybe we'll do bourbon, beer, barbecue, just man stuff. And we started with bourbon and that did really well. So we just went all in on bourbon pretty much. We We do some mixed drink stuff, experimenting around with that. But the majority of our focus and our channel is around bourbon. So with that, like the name doesn't make sense, but it's too late to change it. I think it fits. I honestly didn't think twice about it whenever we were like connected with Bruzel who likes bourbon. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool name. Part of what I liked about it. And I thought it was purposely done before I heard the story was any of your videos. If you, if you dive deep into the archives, I found a huge amount of fun and the way that you would, have fun and almost poke a little bit out of the over seriousness of tasting bourbons, the, whether it's tasting notes and how ridiculous some of them can be. Kyle's talked about that a hundred times, uh, yeah. whether it's, you know, used golf glove leather, like, like what the <laughs> hell is that? Uh, and, and the way that you put things in, 
not taking it too serious. You can love bourbon. It doesn't mean you have to be all weird with uh, the the over. So I honestly thought Bruzel was a piece of that. It's just, it's, and I think you should use that. I'm going to let you have that, DJ. Just go ahead and let people know that's the new story. Like, listen, <laughs> we're just being who we are and, and we like all the things and don't take yourself too seriously. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I well, like- I mean, that is part of what worked for the channel is is that not being like I hate people who are elitist. I hate people who are like, you don't belong in this group. And and that's probably, you know, growing up a poor kid in the country, like I didn't belong in any groups. And so I hate people who, you know, exclude. And so you've got you've got these folks that are like bourbon is supposed to be obtained this way, it's supposed to be drank this way. These are the things you're supposed to do with it. You're supposed to live your life this way. And if you don't, you're somehow less than they are. And so we we definitely took that angle early and we still do from time to time. We've dialed that back a little bit. Um, but we, you know, we just go after anywhere we see people being elitist, whether I go stand in line and they give us a hard time. <laughs> like they, I stood in I, I waited for 43 hours for a <laughs> bottle of whiskey. And two bottles of whiskey, and then we got a ton of hate because that's not what you're supposed to do. So then I took one of those bottles I waited in line for and poured it in a lawnmower and seeing if the lawnmower would run, right? <laughs> so, like, the bottles don't matter. I had a good time. It was it was fun. Uh, and so we do stuff like that. Or we'll review a scotch and call it an Irish whiskey because scotch, <laughs> we get a ton of scotch people. Like, bourbon sucks. Y'all are dumb. You know, America can't make good whiskey. So we'll just we'll just review a scotch, call it an Irish whiskey. That's hilarious. We, I, I actually just watched the lawnmower video earlier today, and I was dying. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. We're gonna do some follow ups. We, if y'all got some, if y'all come across any really high proof whiskeys, send me some samples. We got to film a follow up. I want to see how high proof we got to go for that lawnmower to run. What? So whatever <laughs> happened to that lawnmower? Has it worked since, or did it go to the graveyard? Well, um, it's a, it depends on who you ask. Uh, I am currently paying somebody to mow my grass. If that um, makes, it was a brand new lawnmower. Like I bought it that summer. I'd mowed the grass like three times with it. Now we put, we put the whiskey and I poured the whole bottle in that thing and it would not start. Now I, I went the next weekend and I drained the tank and it's one of these fancy lawnmowers that like self primes and does all this weird stuff. So you can't really clean it out. It, it like it's, more modern technology. I'm used to cheap, you know, you paid $20 for a used lawnmower. So I did the best I could. I got it to run. We mowed the grass one time after that. And then the summer was over. And when I came back this past summer, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to start. So I don't think it's the Weller's fault because it did run one time after that. I think it maybe it just left, left gas in it, bad gas. So I'm not, I'm not taking full blame on the Weller, but in the grand scheme of things, I did pour bourbon in a lawnmower, and that lawnmower will now not run. And my wife is is pretty adamant that it is the whiskey's fault. I mean, or my fault. Not I'm only did you pour <laughs> the bourbon in the mower, but as far as talking about the uh, the anti elitist side of bourbon, you poured the one in that would probably piss a lot of those people <laughs> off, and that's why I think it was so funny. I mean, that is a. Uh, that is like the bruisal video to me of just the understanding of like, yeah, no, I sat in this line for 43 hours and then I'm going to peel this bad boy and port in a mower. I mean, that was, that's pretty outstanding. It was, yeah. it was fun. What sucks the most about it is that Weller Foolproof is one of my favorite bottles. Delicious. And I had one, I had one open. I had a backup. I'm in line. My wife decides to join me. So we're in line. We're going to get two. I got one at home and then I've got one open. And then 
a friend of mine calls me in line. He's like, oh, you're going to get another Weller, man. I could really use one. I was like, all right, I'll give you the one I got at home. No problem. And then we're waiting in line, and one of my buddies shows up, and he's right out of the Weller, but he's got a bottle I really wanted. And he's like, I, you know, I'll trade you this bottle I really want for the other Weller you're going to get. I was like, that's cool. Um, I'll, I'll do that. So now I'm down to the one and the one that's almost finished that I've got open. And then we get all the hate, and I'm like, I'm going to pour this in a lawnmower. My wife's like, no, this, like you know that's your only – like you're almost out and you're going to, I was like, I've got to do it. She's like, you could just fake it. I was like, I can't, we will not fake any video. <laughs> we won't do it. And so I was like, this is going to get poured in that. Um, and so then I poured it in and then I couldn't find Weller foolproof oh, forever. Like it took me a while to find <laughs> another it. bottle. So the Weller gods were, pun were punishing me a little bit on that. One. I mean, was it worth it though? It's pretty hilarious. Oh no, I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Good. Well, so would do it again in a heartbeat. Ten out of ten. That's what matters. That's what matters. Well, speaking of videos, so um, another one that I really enjoyed. I could sit and watch hunting videos all day, and I didn't know how much. Like, I'm personally not a hunter because I think I spend so much time drinking Kyle's bourbon that I'm not out like you know looking for other bourbon. But I love just hearing about your journeys driving through. One that I really enjoyed was you driving through Arkansas to Branson. That's kind of where I grew up, that area. So I'm like, oh, first of all, why is TJ going to Branson? I'm curious because you're from Alabama, and I always am fascinated why people vacation in Branson. Just curious. But just the the small town aspect of, like, you never know what you're going to find in these little stores. So what is that like? Whenever you go out on a journey like that, do you set yourself on a budget? Are you like, okay, this is what I'm looking for? Or is it really just see what you walk into? Well, first, first question, why Branson? I don't know. I just go where I'm told. My <laughs> wife decided that's where we were going. That's, that's where I went. Um, so not, not sure why Branson, but it was fun. Had a good time. When I shoot these videos, I mean, luckily, luckily we have a YouTube channel that does generate some income off of these. And, and luckily for us, like back then, when, when I shot that video, we weren't getting a lot of views. Now, let, definitely not long form views. And so the budget was pretty tight. I, I couldn't go. I could go a little crazy now if I want to. Back then, I no, we had to we had to keep it kind of tame. Uh, but what I like, like that's probably my favorite bourbon hunting video thus far, because we we're cutting through the countryside. There are no big chains. Almost every store I went into, the owner of that store was in there, uh, working like making like this is his living. He works this store. And so just the conversations, really nice people, uh, you know, they just they just want to make a living. They want to grow their business. They, um, you know, they're just open and welcoming as opposed to walking in and they, you know, they've got some 21 year old working the counter and, you know, they don't really they don't even drink whiskey and you, you can't have a decent conversation. Not not as fun uh, for those. So we didn't find a ton of like rare or hard to, you know, hard to find expensive bottles on that trip still my favorite trip because whiskey is much more about the people than it is the whiskey. Uh, and so I like, I like having rare whiskey. Don't get me wrong. I like having the expensive bottles, but I like having those on the bar so that I could share those with people that might have a hard time otherwise finding those bottles. So we, we drink them. People come here, you know, there's nothing off limits on, on the bar. Uh, and that Arkansas trip is just the conversations and the people were a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. And that actually kind of reminds me of you mentioned something along those same lines during that video of how bourbon doesn't always have to be like the most expensive to be quality and enjoyable. 
And I think that that's a really good point, kind of along with like the anti-elitist, because it's like bourbon's just for people to enjoy. It doesn't have to be a certain cost or, you know, at a certain standard. You like what you like. So I think that's a pretty good point to drive home. Yeah, you build memories with people, you yeah. know, you sit down and even if it's about a a hard to find bourbon, whatever it is, but whatever that moment captures, that memory that you have, whether it's sitting at, you know, TJ's bar or at the distillery or in a random location across the U.S. or the world, there's something about those moments that are what are supposed to capture what bourbon's all about. I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt when it's extra delicious, but uh yeah, that's a good time. That's yeah. how I've learned to drink the majority of spirits in my life. If you go back to, I know TJ loves scotch. Uh, so does Kyle. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I have a great memory with a, a man named Howard Kirk that was someone I looked up to in this industry for a long time. He ran Canada for us at our distillery for a while. Uh, and in London, of all places, we stayed at a hotel and we had a few drinks with the group. And then it turned into a okay, there's this one bar, it stays open late, and he wanted to teach me about scotch and eyelays and all the things. And man, one of the greatest nights that I can remember, tasting some of the most horrible shit I've had in, <laughs> in years, but I also appreciate it for what it was. It was a great night that I'll never forget. It's, it's what it's all about. Yeah, and just because you don't love scotch or, you know, but you could still appreciate it. Sure. Maybe, you know, that somebody else, Kyle's looking at me like, oh, okay. I mean, I, just, <laughs> I think I would order something else, like literally anything else. Well, that's okay, <laughs> I mean, Kyle. There are scotch lovers out there and that's, you know, we've got to love them too. He's still Every once in a while, it's said. good to be tortured, man. There you, <laughs> know, you got yeah, to have to the edges. You got to have somebody hold you down and pour that crap down your throat. <laughs> yep. Makes you stronger, Kyle. <laughs> One of our guys brought scotch last night to an event and had us try it, and I just couldn't get on board. One it, of our it was guys? Fine. Like yeah, our Tuber. team? Oh. Yeah. Tuber brought one because he knows Kyle hates scotch, and so he brought one that was very, uh, it, was an, it was an innocent scotch. It wasn't peaty. It was basically a sherry cask finished scotch. So it was still that single malt flavor that like a lot with that Irish whiskey jab is that that flavor. But mm -hmm. the rest of it was very, you know, it was it was fine. It was but fine. It, it was it was fun to watch Kyle squirm. I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Yep. The thing I can't understand is like I get you, you're OK with scotch. I can't get how people are like, this is what whiskey's supposed to taste like. Agreed. Yeah. Like weird. I get you into weird stuff. Like, you know, if you, you, you know, there's all sorts of weird things out there you could be into, you know, you'd be as kinky as you want. I don't care, but I don't understand how they're like, this is, how, this is mainstream. Yeah. This is not the weird stuff. This is how it's supposed to be. I, yeah. People know. over there that think our Rick houses are crazy because of the temperature flux. Like, no, that's, that's bad for whiskey. Like, no, uh, you need some of that in your life. <laughs> that's what's wrong with yours. No, it's true. It's it's it really is. It's a weird, interesting twist and fight between Scotch and bourbon. And you know, it's not their fault they can't do it like us. We're, we're better in every way. It's no big deal. Just you know, my personal opinion. Just a little diversity here in whiskey. You know, no big deal. We turned into this. Turned into picking a fight now. I, I apologize. For all the comments you're going to get on this podcast. I'm glad I'm not a Scotch fan here. I'm glad I'm not. You it's know, just I your husband is, right? He well, was until Rick House. Well, Rick House proof will change your life. Rick House changes everything. TJ, you had Rick House proof near here, right? I have one. Yeah, I've got, yeah. Uh, we, we left with, luckily we left with two Rick House proof of the bourbon, one Rick House proof of the wheated, 
one of the Rickhouse proof bourbons did not make it. We, uh, we were a little <laughs> yeah. overpacked. We opened the door and it fell out. Oh, um, that's the worst. So, but we, we luckily we had one of each survive all the way home. So delicious. Oh, that's I mean, good. these are these are full cast strength too, right? These yeah, absolutely one barrel. Yeah. Did you fly up here, TJ, or did you drive when you came to visit in West? Well, that is a long story. Um, <laughs> I drove. So Tuesday, I went to the Toyota dealership and I bought my wife a, a new Grand Highlander. Uh, Wednesday, I stole that Grand Highlander and I left and I drove to Michigan. And then I left <laughs> Michigan and picked her up in Chicago. And I went from Chicago to Madison, Wisconsin, bourbon hunted, then went to Minnesota, bourbon hunted, over to South Dakota and bourbon hunted, and then on into Wyoming and bourbon hunted, went to Yellowstone, and then we're there a couple of days, Grand Teton, bourbon hunted in Idaho and Utah, stayed in Utah a couple of days, and then went to uh, Colorado, bourbon hunted in Colorado, streamed with another fellow YouTuber there, and then marathoned it over to Weston for um, for the barrel pick. Wow, talk about cross country. That's that a road a trip right there. Hell of a road <laughs> trip. <laughs> wow. That was seven it was seventeen days total. All of that though in seventeen days, that's pretty impressive. Wow. Oh yeah. We slept in the same bed two times, I think. Yeah. Oof. Wow. <laughs> so you were able to drive so you had a whole van. Was it a van? Yeah. Full of was that an SUV? Doesn't matter. I mean, it's a, it's a, and it's an SUV. SUV. Yeah, it's a it's a mid sized SUV. So we had I had my my mother, my my wife, and my two daughters. So we had it loaded down. And a bunch of bourbon to take home. Wow. Hey, we ran out of space. I, I stopped in Colorado. Those were the well, the bottles I got from y'all were the last ones. But I stopped in Colorado, and I went into a store, and they had Michter's Barrel Strength Rye, which at the time was my favorite rye on the whole planet. And he had five cases of it. And I'm like, um I might find room for two. Like literally I'm in the parking lot of a liquor store in Colorado in this small town, unpacking the entire SUV and repacking it to try to figure <laughs> out how to get these six bottles of Michter's barrel strength rye in this thing. And then we get over there and leave with more bottles. And it, it just like, it, it was way, way too much whiskey. Urban by, Tetris. So by the time you got home, how many, how many total bottles did you find on that trip? I'm not sure exact totals. I would say 40 to 50. That's impressive. Because and well, that's and that's keeping it like I had to pass on a lot of bottles because sure. I just didn't have room. I was going to say, because you seem pretty selective. Like when you're going out hunting, you're not just buying everything just to buy it. Like you really think about it and look at the price. And I like it. The decision making process is very thought out. I already own half of them. That's <laughs> that's part of the problem. Yes. Um, it's just, there's 600 people. Are like, Why did you buy this? And I was like, well, I've got seven of them at the house. Do you really want me to buy an eighth one? <laughs> right. Well, only so much room on the shelf, right? Well, outside. For sure. Y'all could, y'all come help me drink them and then we'll have more room for more whiskey. Oh, we're coming down and we're going to, we're going to drink some things. We'll uh, have a professional uh, cocktail uh, drink-a-thon in Glen Cairns. It's going to be a good time. Sounds fitting. Go. Yeah. I think you guys would really do great at that job. I think I made it. Yeah. Patrick can kill. A few bottles, for sure. Yeah, 100%. It's impressive. So outside of bourbon, though, sometimes you make videos with other spirits. So talk to us about that and kind of what that looks like. Well, we we started the Mix channel mostly for my son. My son works for me full-time with the content. He replies to a lot of comments and just help does the posting. And, you know, if somebody asks a particular question, 
getting that to me. And he's much more, he's 25, 26 years old now, 25 when we started the channel, and much more into mixed drinks than bourbon. And so he kept having ideas. I was like, well, let's just start a whole nother channel for that. And so we started the Bruzel Mix channel to do mixed drink stuff. Because uh, I, I, like, I, traditionally, I'm a mixed drink guy, like a Jack and Coke guy or something like that. Um, and so it's fun. All the other social channels, it just kind of floods into one as far as the shorts go. But you're never going to find me just sitting down and drinking something that's not a bourbon unless okay. there's a reason for it. I see that. That was actually I was going to lead into another question about your team. So you work with your son. And so you're not a one-man band. You have some support there. Does Jill work with you all? I want to learn more about Proof Queen. I need to know more. I mean, work is an interesting topic. She (laughs) hangs out and live streams with me and takes some of the trips with me. So she helps. She helps on the channel, but like not not really behind the scenes stuff. Most most of what she does is on camera with the live streams. And then, you know, if we're going to an event or something, she'll she'll go with go with me on that. Uh, We've have Shred Alex. Shrednosalak, I probably I probably butchered that. I'm not good with words. Um, and he is he's really our producer for the most part. I started as our editor, uh, real, and, but we have several contract editors that we're working with now, just because we're trying to to produce a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. a lot of shorts on you know different topics and things. Uh, so we've got a, a team really of three core people working on this almost every day. And then some contract editors and Jill kind of mixes in on some videos and live stream. Jill sounds like a badass. Because She's a lot of fun. Anyone with the name uh, nickname Proof Queen, I mean, that's got to be pretty <laughs> legit. So wh- where did that come from, if you don't mind me asking? It, we would we would started with the live streams and we would do blinds. And every single time we had a blind, she would end up picking the one with the highest proof. Like that was always her favorite, whichever one was the highest proof. <laughs> and she just t- it's and it's funny because before we started the live streams, she was just casually into bourbon. It wasn't like she wasn't drinking neat at all, hardly ever, unless I'm like try this. And so when we started the streams, you know, drinking neat in a Glen Cairn, it didn't take long before she really wanted that full flavor, that full you know Rickhouse proof as you call it. And so she just kind of quickly got that nickname Proof Queen because she gravitated toward the proof. I think Jill and I would get along very She's, nicely. I, it breaks my brain that you weren't there. In my head, I feel like you were there, and I'm sad that you weren't. But Because, yeah, Jill was amazing. Like, we had a great time. TJ, the whole group, that was a really fun, uh, <laughs> it was a day of drinking and good times. I'm going to call it that. It was it was a badass time. Good. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll have to do it again. I need a redo. I mean, it's your podcast, so I, I think I could say this without <laughs> oh, yeah. offending somebody. Like, we try to soft-pedal it, not to hurt anybody else's feelings, but it was the most fun we've had at a barrel pick. Wow. Did you hear that, Kyle? I, I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you should make sure Mick hears that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, I think. Uh, it was just fun hanging out. Yeah. And, I mean, who doesn't want to hang out and just drink bourbon, like, most of the day? And yeah. Pick yeah, I mean, and it was it was killer. And you brought a great group of people with there you. There was. That, I mean, I was going to say that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how, how does well, that the, work? The problem is, here, here's what sucks, is that we, we did two barrels, and then the mixed drinks and all of the festivities that we had going on, and y'all kept saying, we're going to go into the cave, <laughs> and we're going to try some stuff there. By the time we got through two barrel picks, everybody's like, "Yeah, this cave. We're not gonna. We're not drinking anymore. We're done with this. <laughs> we got to call it here." 
And so we never even, that's why when y'all came out with this cave collection, I was like, y'all, I got to, like, you got to send me some bottles. I, got, I have to have some of these because we were supposed to try these while we were there and we didn't get to. Wow, look at you so responsible being like, Kyle, I'm done. I'm not going to your cave. <laughs> this is how to draw the line. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was me, my my liver, um, you know, just so, there were there were lots of reason. reasons we called it quits. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't logic, probably. But you have the cave collection now. And uh I mean, so and if you had gone in the cave, you would see there's Kyle put together, you know, with the Ben Holiday bourbon, a, a batch of that he did. 13 individual different barrels that are tests. And we're going to do that with our uh, holiday soft red weeder as well. But what do you think of the, the couple we have there in front of you? They're sold out, by uh, the way. So all, you can say they're crap. and They're already sold. It doesn't matter. Just be truthful. <laughs> the, bot, the bottle's fantastic. Like these old school little hook handle bottles here. Yeah, you know, the, like the old school moonshine bottles. Great branding, great packaging. Uh, the double oaked, I, I love the double oak. That's a really solid one. The smoked is the other one I have here. Not as big a fan of the smoked. Um, and it's not bad. I just don't love like French oak. Um, not a not a fan of anything French oak. I've probably only had two or three bottles of anything French oak finished that I've that I've ever had in my entire life that I said, okay, I, I like that. I'll have a second pour. This one reminds me of a French oak finish. And I, I know it's not necessarily, I mean, y'all can talk about exactly what this smoked one is, but it, it has some similar notes to a French oak. It's good. It's good whiskey, but it's not, this is not better than the whiskey you put into the barrel before you decided to smoke it. Too yeah. Many. I don't disagree with that at all. Kyle, talk yeah. about talk about that barrel in particular. Yeah, I mean, I'm scared you were. Of no, I was terrified of that. I didn't want to use it. Like, that was a Patrick thing, for sure. Uh, I mean, that was one of those things that, uh, and, and we did a podcast, and I think we all kind of had a similar sentiment on that. Like, it's, we, or at least I, I know I did. I, I like a traditional bourbon. Uh, the double oaked falls more in that profile. Um that one, it's that toasted toasted barrel that's also using applewood smoked staves prior to toasting. And so it is very rich. It's very, uh, very drastically different than what we traditionally do. And yeah, transforms that barrel very much. I mean, the French oak analogy is, is similar. It, it transforms it drastically uh, versus the double oak. Still kind of having that core of the Ben Holiday taste profile. See, and I like the double oak, yep. but I also oh, yeah, like the, double the smoke good stuff. Yeah. because it was different. I don't know. Personal opinion. No, that's mm -hmm. that was the whole point of grabbing these random barrels, like working with Independent Stave Company and being like, listen, uh, send us your craziest shit you have and let's see what we can do. And these smoked barrels, I had never heard of anyone smoking wood that way prior to like toasting and doing that. So to me, that was super cool. And because we're in Kansas City as well, you know, and the barbecue scene, there was something neat about the idea of smoking wood for a barrel. But yeah, I mean, it, it is. That's We don't think every one of them is going to be a home run for everybody, but it's an interesting uh, piece either way. Well, what I thought was interesting is like Kyle said, like, I don't think like we were huge fans of it, but like we on opening, when we released them that weekend, we had a specialty cocktail that was the Lost in Time. So it had the apple spice syrup, like old fashioned. And we used the that applewood smoked barrel uh, in some of those cocktails, and that's when it really changed my mind. I'm like, if you put it in something like that, I think it is like makes it really unique. And like, 
elevates those flavors. Like you can like bring those out and play them up. And I think there's something to that when you know you can mix it into a cocktail sometimes. Like, and if you don't love it neat, like doesn't mean you're not going to love it in a cocktail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people sure. that day went to do flights. So they got a taste of both to, before they were going to decide how many bottles they would get. We had a limit of two bottles per expression per person. And it was funny because I can't tell you how many people it was the majority would get two double oaked and one smoked. They're like, okay, I want a bottle of smoked because it's different. But I do think the majority of people were like, yes, this double oaked wins. So, yeah. A double oaked, an easy drinker. Like, that's an easy one. Were these single barrels? Uh, Kind of. They were, (laughs) yeah. So it was 20 barrels that we dumped together of finished product of six-year-old bourbon. Uh, that we put into <clears throat> into a single barrel uh, of the double oaked uh, or of the smoked, and so yeah, it was one barrel that was in the cave that we we dumped for that that cave collection. Yeah, yeah, but they, you only had one barrel of the Correct. double oaked. Correct. Yep. yep. Okay. Gotcha. So you took your blended product and then you put it into a barrel. Yep. For a exactly. double oaked experiment. I got you. So is there anything in particular still in that cave that you have not released? that you're really excited about? <sighs> French toast, Kyle. Yeah. TJ's not going to like that, but I'm excited about French toast. Go ahead. How What's do you know? Thing? Is it is it French oak? French oak, heavy <laughs> toast. French oak, heavy toast. French oak, so heavy toast. It French toast. It was French toast. Yeah, was I'm not going like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 to like that one. Go ahead and send it to me. But <laughs> so here, here's a question for you, okay? You've got these fancy little ancient cave bottles. With a cork. Yeah. But then your normal stuff, screw cap. Yeah. What was that? So uh, actually in the middle of changing the cute little bottle into having the screw top uh, finish on it as well. Heavy into the screw tops. Love sealing that bad boy up and not having condensation leakage. In that bottle, you actually have a super funny thing. It was the 750 milliliter version of that same little jug. Uh, Our guy Joe Quinn... He had some bottles for some samples and he had them with him and he went down to a show and <laughs> it was a hot day. He sets the bottle down. He gets there. I don't even remember where it was. It was he, in Hutchison, Kansas Hutch- at a golf course. <laughs> so this bottle gets hot. He hears a huge loud pop and that cork shoots straight up, up and over his head to where it's just the the pressure, the heat, whatever it was, right at the same time that we've talked about, we prefer screw tops in our organization just with the preservation of the bourbon uh, versus uh, a lot of the issues you see out there. But yeah, we're actually working on changing the finish on that as well. I know you like a good cork pop. Uh, everyone should. Well, that, I like the cork pop, and we make fun of the screw tops. Like it's just like, you know, fine quality whiskey screw top. Funny thing is, though, I do that in jest because I actually do prefer a good screw top, and you've got the best screw tops in the business. I hate the thin metal screw tops with a passion. hate everything about them because every benefit of a screw top is lost with the thin metal screw top that doesn't reseal. Mm. But a good screw top like what y'all have got here is actually preferred because I can't tell you how many corks I have with 600 bottles that dry out or break or fall apart or whatever. Yeah, no, they end up down in the in the whiskey, you know, and that's always a bummer, yep. you know. And then you have to figure out how to cork that thing again. But yeah, those the ROPPs in particular, you can over twist those bad boys, and then they're just as much of a leaker as the others. So if you're gonna have a screw top, you gotta do it right. Way to go, guys! <laughs> <Yeah>. Good thinking. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. 
I got a question for TJ. Uh, what was like the first video that you put out that like you saw that was like, oh, this is going to be something big. I mean, is it is it something big? I don't think there's yep, several ways we can no, go. Okay, probably, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking big, um, man. It is. I appreciate it. I, I need the I need the reaffirmation <laughs> right now. Um, I'm patting you, you on know, the back. But, if you were on the couch, I'd give you a hug. You're just not here. It's okay. Just go with it. So, that. That, like, big is big is relative, right? So, when we were starting, the I waited in line for a bottle of bourbon was probably the first one. Um, or maybe no, actually it might've been when we were moving from like the last house to this house. And I just put all the bottles, I had them in the floorboard of my truck. I had them strapped in seat belts. I had like hundreds of bottles in my truck, moving them as a short, that one went really well. I think that one went to a million plus views and I'm like, okay, well we could, we could get views and, and shorts are great. Like we, we figured out how to get views. We know how to get views on shorts. But that doesn't translate into this could be a career. This could be a path. This could be something that we actually do long term. And so, you know, the shorts are great, but then we started really long form. So it would have to be a long form video where we're like, okay, this this could be a real boy. Like this could be a thing, right? And I'm trying to think back. There's a few, like we did a Dr. Disrespect review that kind of break broke our rating system because it it had great mouthfeel it was an all right bourbon with just like it was just creamy as could be and so our whole rating system broke but we got three hundred thousand views on that and i'm like so we can get reviews on stuff we had a pappy video went crazy but really the bourbon hunting videos is where like those are the first ones where i'm like okay that's something we can do reasonably it's not terribly uh, cost prohibitive to do. Nobody's really focusing on these, but they get significantly more views than anything else out there. And so I, I started thinking like with the bourbon hunting stuff, that is a base to try to actually grow a channel on and, and grow a business around. Uh, and so I don't, I, it might've been the Arkansas video before that. It might've been the, you know, us coming Honestly, I think it was the Arkansas video that you mentioned <laughs> earlier, which happened that trip, I don't know if it was that video or the next one. First time I found Ben Holiday bonded. Um, but it that video right there got significantly more reviews than our in-studio stuff, our reviews and, and different things we were doing. And that's where I'm like, okay, we might be onto something here that we can actually try to build a channel around. I love that because that was such a real you felt like you were there. You know, it's it's more than just like anything you can create. Like we do a lot in studio and that's great and it has its purpose. But I think the real aspect of being out in the car and feeling like you're meeting those liquor store owners and driving through the country, the way you um, talk about driving through the countryside instead of the interstate and just you really painted a picture. And it, I mean, it grabs attention and it's it's educational. There's that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It is a lot of fun. No question. Yeah. Never thought we'd be known for bourbon hunting videos. When those started going crazy, I was like, really? Like, what is, why are people, why is somebody going to sit down and watch me walk into liquor stores and talk shit to people? Like, I don't, (laughs) no clue why this is super entertaining. Like, I have a good time. Not sure why anybody else wants to watch this, at least more than any other video that's out there. So it was, it was a surprise, to be honest, that that's the video or that's the style of video that people gravitated towards. Wow. Yeah. 
So do you keep up that like formula? Like you have like your set formula where you know you're going to get views or do you keep trying to mix it up and see what else will click with people? We feel like we are on step two of our journey to where we're going. So we've got some things we're working on and, and we may have some conversations here about some of those pieces of content, but we next year you should see what we feel like is step three, which is some really like, like right now the, the bourbon hunting is, you know, me, you know, more raw, small camera walking into a store, you know, can we tell bigger stories? We're storytellers. Like the folks that I, I have on my team, myself, like we like telling stories and we like telling stories around whiskey, but can we take it another step for, a little higher produced, not not quite TV quality, but, you know, not just me filming. We have some people filming more B-roll, telling bigger stories that require, you know, actually thinking through a script and a plot line and going places and and documenting things. And so we're, we're going to try to do some of that stuff over time. But I, I don't know if we'll ever get away from bourbon hunting. So I, I think that'll be a foundational aspect to the channel. And, and honestly, someday we would like to we would like to put together our own label, our own brand of whiskey. I don't know if we'll distill. We may just source and blend and do some fun things like that, which is another thing we need to talk about off the podcast. But um, <laughs> you know, we, what we want to we want to have a good time. We want to document fun things, and we want to show people the aspects and and the the things I'm curious about when it comes to whiskey that nobody else is showing. Sounds fun. I'm going to tune in. I'll be there. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, that concludes my questions. It's been fun, it's TJ. It's been so fun. We appreciate you uh, jumping on and being our guinea pig for a call-in uh, yeah. podcast. Couldn't be, couldn't be anyone better. Happy to have you and appreciate your time. Yeah. We'll yeah, thanks for having me. We'll do it again, absolutely, when you get those one barrels in hand. And honestly, Anytime. maybe we'll come down your way and we'll grab Brendan and all the stuff and we'll mm-hmm. come down and we'll we'll double podcast and do some videos and drink some bourbon and just have a good old time down your neck of the woods. Sounds good. I'm here when you're when you're ready. Let me know. I like it. All right. We'll be there. All right, guys. Well, cheers. 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 Holiday Happy Hour is presented by the Holiday Distillery, Weston, Missouri. Drink responsibly, drive responsibly.